Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Stand up for your country. Joe Biden at the U.N. is our lead story. It was kind of boring. He's not a very inspiring speaker. He makes uh, rhetorical mistakes uh, and he's not uh, really selling what he's saying. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit, but it was important. And I don't think most people know why that speech was written. But I, of course, will tell you because I'm a bloviator and a know-it-all. You guys know that. But that's my charm, right? (laughs) So anyway, let's begin with the overarch theme of Joe Biden's speech before the United Nations General Assembly. So he wanted to repudiate Donald Trump's America First policy. That was the goal of this speech. So Trump was, look, America is the most powerful nation on earth. You got to help us, you foreign nations. Biden is, we're all in this together and we'll help you, foreign nations. You don't have any responsibility to us. That's Biden's posture. Okay. Um, He was so intent on reading the words on the teleprompter before him that he didn't pause for emphasis. He didn't take his time or maybe look off like he was thinking about something. It was just rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat. And it was hard to follow at times. But I've selected three sound bites that I think will illuminate the overriding message that the President of the United States wanted to get to the world. The first one deals with COVID. Now, COVID is something that unites the whole world. Oh, you got to understand, it's a, it's a unifier because we're all afraid of this. It's so damaging. So here's what President Biden said. Go. Planes carrying vaccines from the United States have already landed in 100 countries, bringing people all over the world a little dose of hope, as one American nurse termed it to me. A dose of hope directing the American people, and importantly, no strings attached. All right, so that's a good thing. You know, we the taxpayer pick it up, and I think that should have been emphasized a little bit more. People don't understand um, that hardworking Americans pay for the vaccines that are going over to 100 foreign countries. And you remember that President Trump made that deal with the vaccine companies. They get paid for every dose they deliver. But it's we who are paying them, not Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. But it's a good thing that America is donating so much vaccine to so many people around the world. Now, I know that most countries and people will not appreciate that. They'll say, oh, they're so rich in America. They have an obligation to do this. I know that. But if we want to portray ourselves as a noble nation, which is above all what I want to do, then these kinds of things are necessary. So that was a good thing. Biden could have done it better, but it was a good thing. The second soundbite is not such a good thing. Roll the tape. In April, I announced the United States will double our public international financing to help developing nations tackle the climate crisis. And today, 
I'm proud to announce that we'll work with the Congress to double that number again, including for adaptation efforts. This will make the United States a leader in public climate finance. And with our added support, together with increased private capital and other, from other donors, we'll be able to meet the goal of mobilizing $100 billion to support climate action in developing nations. Okay, so we're going to send about $100 billion to countries like Uganda, and I'm just picking on them because that's a third world nation, but most nations in the world are third world. So we're going to send them money. As Mr. Biden said, no strings attached, and that applies to this as well, to fight climate change. So let me ask you a very simple question because I am a very simple man. How much of that money you think is going to go to the environment in those corrupt countries? Maybe none of it. <laughs> I mean, it's like Haiti. And we'll get to the border in Haiti in a moment. How much money have we sent to the Haitians, to that government over there? Has it done any good at all? No. No. They're worse off now than they've ever been. And that's what's going to happen. So there's Biden. We're going to double, then we'll double again, and we'll send more money, and we're going to do all of that so the developing nations can combat climate change, maybe build a windmill or two. This is just insane, but it sounds good to the foreign nations. Okay, America is going to send us money. Come on, come on, where is it? Give it to us. And what does this remind you of? Perhaps a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill? With human infrastructure, we're going to send you money to do every... Community college, we'll pay. Pre-K, we'll pay. Babysitters, we'll pay. You want four months family leave for any reason at all? You got it. We'll pay it. This is Biden. We'll pay and pay and pay and pay until the U.S. economy collapses under the burden of debt. And it's, it's so horrifying to hear this man at the United Nations when he knows that China, India, Russia aren't going to do anything to combat climate change. Nothing. So we're going to send $100 billion that'll be stolen or wasted. And those three behemoths, countries, won't do anything. They'll make it worse. China's building more coal fire plants. You ever been to India? Take a look at the Ganges River. Oh, finally... We had to get the woke stuff in. Roll the tape. We all must defend the rights of LGBTQI individuals so they can live and love openly without fear, whether it's Chechnya or Cameroon or anywhere. Oh, I'm sure they're jumping up and down in Cameroon to hear that. LGBTQI. I don't even know what that is anymore. I keep adding letters to it. Okay. This is so woke. Isn't this woke? Oh, we're going to, you know, we're watching you Cheshians. You better treat your LGBTQ 
QIs. Very, and then just before this, he said, to, well, in Afghanistan, they better treat their women, those Taliban. They better do it because we're watching them. I know all the Taliban go. And then they cut, if you're watching it live, to the Afghan delegation, the Taliban guys sitting there in jack and tie. They cut to them. All right. And they're, they're like looking down. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, sure. I'm glad you're watching us. I mean, this guy doesn't live on planet Earth, Biden. He doesn't live here. But this is all rhetoric. He has to do this. All right? He has to say it. So the woke, progressive left will like him. All in all, it was what it always is with Biden. He's not going to get anything done. He's going to waste trillions of dollars in a four-year period on stuff that's not going to improve anything, and he's going to put all of us in danger because the economy will wobble. So that's what's going to happen. All right. 26 Republican governors are demanding a meeting with President Biden to talk about the U.S.-Mexican border situation. They deem it a national security crisis. The 26 Republican governors, which comprise all of the Republicans except for one, Vermont Governor Phil Scott, he's not going to sign this because it's Vermont. And the only reason Scott's in there in the first place is to keep track of the money. The crazy hippie progressives in Vermont, I mean, they know they can't go bankrupt, and they would if they put in some nutty progressives, so they elect a guy like Scott. But he's never going to do anything worthwhile. So no Democratic governor signed the bill. I guess... Uh, Newsom in California doesn't think it's a crisis. No, no, he doesn't see it. Doesn't want a real meeting about it. Uh, no. Mm-mm. New Mexico, she's a, isn't she a Democrat too? She didn't sign it. And New Mexico's devastated. Um, so it's all politics. So um, the border situation is now about as out of control as anybody has ever seen. And that's all on Joe Biden. So one of the few reporters in the country that actually asks hard questions to Biden's propaganda minister, Jen Psaki, is Fox News's Peter Ducey. Roll the tape. A question about what's going on at the border. Is somebody asking the foreign nationals who are walking into Del Rio, Texas, and setting up camps on this side of the border, for proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test? Well, first of all, I can, re- re- I can readdress for you or re talk you through what that steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individuals, as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. So let me get this straight. They come from Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, 
about 2,000 miles on foot. They pay thousands of dollars to gangsters to help them get in, but they're not intending to stay very long. I guess it's a week or two, a Disneyland play maybe. Maybe they'll go to a baseball game, football game. They're not really intending to stay very long. Risking their lives to come across the border with Jen Psaki. I don't worry about them. They're not intending to stay very long. Again, this is so far out there. I can't even, I don't have the words. I don't have the adjectives. These people, the Biden administration, are so detached from what is actually happening that it is a crisis in itself. That's a crisis. So let me give you some stats. Del Rio, Texas, town of 35,000 people, all right? Roughly 145 miles west of San Antonio. As of Monday, more than 6,000 Haitians have been kicked out of Del Rio and flown at our expense back to Haiti. 28,000 Haitians have been intercepted by the Border Patrol this fiscal year, which ends in 10 days. All right. That's compared to 4,400 last year. So 28,000 this year, 4,400 last year. Remember, Trump was in office last year. Okay. And, um, The Department of Homeland Security had to close the port of entry in Del Rio because thousands of people are living under the bridge, as you saw. And the only reason it's a big story is because they got those photographs. So um, the network did cover the Del Rio story, the three of them, last night. Um, But I wanted an independent person on the ground. And um, Anna... Garatelli, who works for the Washington Examiner, was kind enough, and I mean that literally, because she's working down there, all right, to talk with us today about what she is seeing with her own eyes. Anna, thanks very much, um, especially because I, I understand you're covering Governor Abbott today down there. Is that what you're doing? I am. I am in my car. I just left the border uh, where the governor, uh, Department of Public Safety officers, um, everyone was out in full force giving a briefing uh, about the state of the border right now. And and actually, as I was running late to the press conference, as I was walking down the dirt road to go see the press conference, uh, DPS officers had just uh, arrested several people who just came over the border, even with 150 vehicles lined up. So, And then on the way back, I saw more people uh, arrested for coming across the border. So um it was it was pretty wild to see that on the way to a press conference you know maybe 200 feet from where the governor was when these people come across they're doing so because they believe they'll be able to stay in the usa correct they are yes and and secretary mayorkas alejandro mayorkas of dhs said yesterday you know they're getting false information uh but at the end of the day the secretary also said families are going to be released into the United States where they can make a claim for asylum and they'll appear before an immigration judge in probably three to five years. Uh, the, the issue is that Republicans are so concerned about this. Uh, the president has uh, changed ICE policy. And so uh, ICE officers are not targeting or going after people in the U.S. who maybe didn't show up for their asylum hearing or were told, hey, you didn't meet asylum. You need to go home. 
uh, there's no there's no mechanism now to go after those people. It's it's yeah, the so top. So you don't show up for your court date, you're just in the wind, and then Biden wants to give amnesty to everybody here, uh, undocumented. Um, so that's the game. Now, Governor Abbott of Texas, he's what is he trying to do? Why is he down there? So the governor announced today, and he reiterated. Uh, I missed the end of his conference, but he reiterated the state of Texas is going to be arresting uh, illegal immigrants for trespassing. Uh, so state police and local county sheriffs cannot arrest someone on a federal immigration charge. Only Border Patrol can do that. But what the state police have been able to do, what they've started to do, and I think we're going to see more of, is arrests on trespassing charges. And so... Um, uh, okay, but what, what, let's take us through the process there. If you yes. arrest uh, an undocumented person on trespass because they're trespassing on the state of Texas's property, all right, because the state of Texas didn't give them permission to come there, then do you put them in detention? What, what, trespass is, is a misdemeanor. Um, what do you do with them? What does he, what does he propose? It is. The governor has cleared out several jails statewide. Uh, for the purpose of detaining people. So they're going to go be charged in the county and then be prosecuted or be prosecuted and then charged. Uh, and that point, you know, those people will eventually after they are, if they're convicted and serve time, um, will be uh, deported like they turned over to ICE. Okay, um, and then ICE will... But that's it's just the uh, right. first attempt. But those people are subject to bail. Um, they have to have bail, right? Um and you know that the left-wing organizations are going to raise bail and get them out, and they're going to disappear. It's, it's a, you know, I think what the governor is trying to do is take a step and say, the federal government's not doing anything. What can we do? Um, there's now $3 billion that Texas has made available to resolve the situation at the border in the next two years. Um, Texas announced today they've seen 1.1 million people illegally enter their state from Mexico over the past year. And the previous record, I believe, is 1986 for Texas. It was 600,000. So while this isn't the national highest per se, you know, we've had higher um, illegal immigration rates at the border in previous years, it's all, you know, relegated to one area. And that was the Rio Grande Valley. Now it's Del Rio. Um, but it's the one state absorbing all the impact. Yeah, and uh, New Mexico and California, as I said, don't really care. Arizona does, um, but it's wherever the people can get, and Texas is the shortest place. Um, when you talk to Border Patrol agents, they must be exhausted. These people down there must, you know, working for Homeland Security and even for the state of Texas. I mean, they're, they're just nonstop, right? It is, yeah. And when I spoke with the National Border Patrol Council, that's their union for the 20,000 agents, um, I spoke with the president for the Del Rio region here yesterday, and I said, you know, you told me last week that morale was hanging by a thread. Uh, where does it sound, stand now? And he said morale is non-existent. And so it's an interesting place that agents are in now. They don't see an end to it. They're working mandatory six-day shifts now, working overtime. Um, and frankly, they're all indoors processing. So that's interviewing someone, getting their information, filling out paperwork, and then it's the next person. And normally, the, the most they've ever done here in Del Rio is 800 to 1,000 processing cases a day. They're now up to 2,000 a day. And, and it's just and right, and the backlog 
is, mm -hmm. is amazing. Now, uh, a lot of Haitians there, and this is relatively new. Um, the mail I get is, how did the Haitians get from the island of Haiti in Hispaniola all the way to uh, the border of Del Rio? Have you traced it? We have, right? And, it's, and every person has a different story, but we're seeing a lot of Haitians who left several years ago, three, five years ago, went to South America or went to Central America and have been living there for, for the past several years. And then there was a it's kind of an interesting phenomenon, uh, a message after uh, in July, the Biden administration said we're going to extend it's a program called TPS, Temporary Protected Status, another two years for Haitians who are legally living in America. That means Haitians in the U.S. won't be deported. Some of that was misunderstood. And so Haitians thought we can all go to the U.S. We won't be deported now. Um, that coupled with Mexico having all these Haitians coming up through the southern part of its country uh, decided earlier this month, we're just going to let people through. It's not going to be our problem anymore. And that's what two law enforcement officials have told me. Um, but that's why you're seeing so many people come. And NBC reporting yesterday that, you know, they're looking at 20,000 more Haitians in Colombia now saying we're gearing up to make the journey to the U.S. Sure. Um, OK, so and, most of these people yeah. had left Haiti years ago, had resettled in Central and South America. And because Biden has sent ridiculous signals all over the place and we have this crisis and these pictures, they've now decided, look, I'm going to try to get to the USA once and for all. This is my opportunity. Does that sum it up accurately? It sums it up what we're hearing. Yes. OK. Final question, Anna. And again, Anna writes for The Washington Examiner. Very kind to help us out. She's actively covering the story for her newspaper. I hope they're paying you a lot of money, Anna, because you deserve it. My final well, question it's, it's is... It's 102 degrees for today, so I'm sorry I'm sweating on your program. <laughs> that's a, no, listen, you're really a hero to inform the American people about what's happening down there. Final question. The human suffering is um, sublimated to the politics of the border invasion. The human suffering on the migrant side is enormous, is it not? It is, it is certainly. And if you had to tell the American people why that human suffering is happening in September 2021, when it was not happening nearly to this extent one year ago, what would you say? I would, you know, I would actually come to the defense because last year in March, when the Trump administration imposed policies to immediately expel anyone who came across the border, what you saw in March was monthly apprehensions. So people caught coming across illegally dropped to about 16,000. And then over the next 12 months, went all the way up to beyond 150,000 because people realized, hey, we're not going to be prosecuted. But I think to compare it to 2020 is a hard year because it wasn't a normal year. Um, but the levels we're seeing every month, 21 year highs, uh, it's you can't say there's not a crisis. The agency is certainly in crisis and, and really the people in custody are the ones who are bearing the brunt of it. OK, Anna, thanks very much. Stay safe down there. We really appreciate it. 
Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. All right. In uh, Texas, another interesting story, uh, not much of one yet, but I want to tell you about it and then we'll follow it. So a doctor, Alan Braid, B-R-A-I-D, San Antonio, did perform an abortion five days after Texas signed into law um, saying that uh, this doctor could be sued. And he is now being sued by a guy in prison. I'm not even going to mention the guy's name because it's a publicity stunt. But this is the first lawsuit under the new Texas abortion law, which cuts off, I think it's 15 weeks, when there's a fetal heartbeat. Any doctor performing an abortion after can be sued individually. So we have one case on the books. The Supreme Court is going to hear oral arguments in the Mississippi abortion case. Same thing. Mississippi says no more abortions after 15 weeks. Supreme Court is going to hear that case. It is Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. That begins December 1st. Now, I want to give you some abortion stats. I always recommend you watch or listen to the No Spin News with a pen and paper. These are pretty startling stats I'm going to give you. So, the abortions in the United States all right, are between 620,000 and 860,000, with three states not reporting. Okay, three states don't give data. I don't know why. I'll look into it. But you can basically be confident that a million fetuses are being destroyed every year in America because some of these abortions, legal abortions, aren't aren't reported for one reason or another. But here's the real interesting part of this. And this stat is a little bit old, but there hasn't been any update on the stat. The countries that allow abortions for any reason at any time in the entire world are six, only six, put it up on the screen. The USA, China, Vietnam, Canada, Netherlands, North Korea. Again, any time for any reason you can abort a fetus in those countries. That's it. There are close to 200 nations on Earth. Only six allow abortion on demand for any reason at any time. And we lead the league. Even Russia has a time limit. All right, let's put up the time limit. Uh, This Russia allows abortion on request without any justification. 12 weeks. Okay, three months. All right, here they are. I'll just do a scatter shot of countries and what their abortion limitations are. Go. 
Thailand, 12 weeks, no more abortion after, unless the woman is going to die. Cambodia, 14, Spain, 14, France, 14, Germany, 14. Sweden, one of the most liberal countries in the world, 18 weeks. Italy, 13 weeks. Ireland, 12 weeks. Iceland, 22 weeks. Iceland leads the league there. Okay, so you can see how extreme the United States is on the abortion front. And this is because this debate has been hijacked by women activists with the help of the corporate media. This couldn't happen unless the corporate media, NBC, ABC, Disney, ABC, CBS, um, MSNBC, NBC, CNN, AT&T, all of them, they don't object to this. They don't. They've mainstreamed it, that a woman has a constitutional right to do what she wants with her body. Reproductive rights, no limitations at all. Now think about this. Six countries in the world, and you saw what those countries are. China, North Korea, Vietnam, they don't care about life. Anyway, if you knew any of that, let me know, because I don't think you did. And you're not going to hear that anywhere else. COVID. So the death toll in the USA, 675,000, growing by the second, more than the flu, the Spanish flu from 1918 to 1920. Uh, Interesting fact, Donald Trump's grandfather died from the Spanish flu. He never mentions it, Mr. Trump. I write about it extensively in my book, The The United States of Trump. Okay. Now, back then, in 1918, there were 150 million of us. Now there are 330 million of us. And there was no medical care back then. Now they have tremendous medical care. So you can see how bad this COVID is, how deadly it is. Worldwide, about 5 million have died, probably more, because countries like China and India do not report reliably, nor does Russia. So three huge countries don't tell the world how many people have died. Now, the Vatican, um, this is interesting. So in order to go to St. Peter's or even walk around Vatican City, you need what they call a green pass now, a green pass. And that is proof that you have been vaxxed or that you have recovered from COVID and tested negative within the last 72 hours. So they have security set up. You can't get in unless you show the green pass and that's what you need for the pass. Race. So I don't spend a lot of time on the loons individually on this program because I don't wanna waste your time. I got important things to tell you each night. So I don't want to do the lunatic asylum of the day. But one of the most unpleasant of the cable news people is a woman named Joy Reid on MSNBC who traffics in dividing the races. That's what she does. Does it every day. So you know about the um, Gabby Petito story, young woman, 22 years old, um, murdered by her boyfriend, 
uh, boyfriend is at large. Um, they'll get him. And this is a horrible, horrible story. And it's a human interest story. I've got a daughter, 22. All right. So everybody's going to be interested in this story. Here's what Joy Reid said. Now, it goes without saying that no family should ever have to endure that kind of pain. And the Petito family certainly deserves answers and justice. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name, missing white woman syndrome, the term coined by the late and great Gwen Ifill to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases involving missing people of color. So even this heinous crime is made into a racial situation by Ms. Reed. Now, you may know, and if you follow me, you do, that I've been covering the Chicago um, horrendous violence on African-Americans for more than a decade. All right. And I have been on that story and done everything I could, including talking to the president of the United States about it to try to protect African-Americans in the city of Chicago. Has Joy Reid done that? No, she has not. Why? I can only speculate. Got a black mayor, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, but before that you had Rahm Emanuel, who was white, but a progressive. So Joy Reid been to Chicago leading any kind of movement to protect African-American lives? No, she has not. Black Lives Matter, we all know. Not a word. Not a word. So what the deuce is going on? Well, it comes back to what I said in the introduction. What this woman does is incite bad race relations in America. There's your proof. Milwaukee to be a middle-class town, German, African-American town, makes a lot of beer. Brewers, you know, the basketball team won the championship. So it's 40% black now, Milwaukee. And the violence is now the worst in the city's history. There's never been a time that there's more violence in Milwaukee. The mayor is Tom Barrett, a Democrat, of course, progressive Democrat. There he is. Tom is absolutely clueless, doesn't know what he's doing. Homicides in 2019, 98. So far this year, and we still have uh, three months to go, 120. Shootings, 2019, 444. So far this year, 586. Milwaukee, the vast majority of victims are black men, as are the perpetrators according to Milwaukee police. Okay, so I I spoke with Donald Trump yesterday. Um, We are getting together the tour. We're going to start marketing the Trump O'Reilly History Tour in about 10 days. You'll begin to see some commercials in the cities. Um, Sunrise, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Houston, and Dallas, Texas. So I'm talking about, you know, what the marketing is going to be. Uh, We have sold an enormous amount of tickets without any marketing. But now we're going to try to sell all the arenas out. In the base of that conversation, 
President Trump said, I'm going to have new information about the election fraud. Now, you know me. I got to see it in order to believe it. I'm not taking anecdotal. I'm not doing any of that. But I'm not going to get in an argument with President Trump on the phone about the election. The truth is, I think there was fraud. But I don't know how much. But I did say to him this. If you have solid information that I can see and every other American can see, you need to present it in a very clear way and not you. You don't do it. You've got to find someone else to present the evidence and not Rudy Giuliani, somebody with a lot of credibility in the legal electoral area. He said to me, could you recommend someone? And I did. But I'm not going to tell you who because it's not fair. I don't know if the person will do it. I don't know if Donald Trump will even call it. But I did. And I did it for one reason only. To try to protect my country. If there was electoral fraud, I want to know about it. You want to know about it. But there's got to be a very credible presentation. So that was my conversation yesterday with Donald Trump. I hope you will consider coming to see us once in a lifetime event. Make great Christmas gifts. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll whip you right over to the box offices of your choice. This day in history, September 21st, 1996, President Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act. Wow. That act said the word marriage means only a legal union between one man and one woman as husband and wife. That's it. And a vote was overwhelming 25 years ago. 342 members of the House, 84 senators voted for the Defense of Marriage Act. However, 2013, a vote of five to four by the Supreme Court legalized homosexual unions, marriage. And that was the end of the Defense of Marriage Act. But it was signed by Bill Clinton 25 years ago today. All right, good mail segment. And um, a final thought that I had to think about. I didn't know whether I really wanted to uh, scare you. It's a little scary. That's coming up. Time is our most precious asset. And many listeners seek advice on utilizing it wisely for personal growth and societal impact. Hillsdale College addresses this need by providing more than 40 free online courses on essential subjects. Dive into C.S. Lewis's works, explore Genesis narratives, grasp the U.S. Constitution's significance, unravel the Roman Republic's history, or delve into the ancient Christian church with these valuable courses, all accessible free. Now, you might want to check out Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution, a 12-lecture self-paced course Gain insights into the Constitution's design, its challenges during the Civil War, and its century-long struggles with progressivism and liberalism. You can enroll at hillsdale.edu bill to become a defender of American freedom. Please join now. It's free, easy, and essential for safeguarding our liberties. Visit hillsdale.edu bill to register. 
Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Okay, let's get to the mail. Brian, Bill, one thing President Biden has done well is that more and more Americans are regretting their vote for him, so he's united us. I don't think so. All the people I know who voted for Biden, they're not regretting it. This is why I made up this uh, bumper sticker. And look how teed off the eagle is. So you can get those on BillOReilly.com. Some people are regretting, but not everybody. I don't know why. Noreen, Bill, you challenged us to tell you one thing President Biden has done well. We can't think of anything. (laughs) Okay, so I'm with you. Uh, Helen King, Monroe, Louisiana. Bill, I've been asking one question ever since Biden took office, and no one seems to have an answer. Why hasn't anyone in the media addressed the obvious question? Who are the puppeteers pulling Mr. Biden's strings? You missed my interview last week with Stephen Miller. You missed it, Helen. Now, I know you can't watch the show every night. But remember, concierge members on BillOReilly.com and premium members, both, you can watch it anytime you want. We went into that very heavily last week. Kurt Samuelson, uh, Kona, Hawaii. I'm not able to find a detailed itemized bullet point list of items in the proposed $3.5 trillion bill. That's because the bill has not been sent to the floor, still being debated. We'll get that until it's in its last uh, form. Tim Davis, Cohasset, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. I have a simple question. How did thousands of poor refugees from Haiti make it to the border? We just got that explanation for you, and which is why you watch our show. Nathan Nickerson, Eastern Massachusetts. Bill, do you have any idea what our government gives to the illegal elements that cross our southern border? It differs. It differs. Some of them get cash. All of them get transportation in if they're going to stay. But the states are primarily tasked with supporting the illegal immigrants once they show up in that state. But it's all different. There's no uniform policy on it. Joel uh, Grusso, Ronkonkoma, New York on Long Island. Bill, the California election, the Wall Street Journal points out that the Democrats were able to paint as an anti-Trump vote regardless of the facts on the ground. That is true. It was an anti-Trump vote. But liberals in California, they want to vote against Trump for anything, so it wasn't hard to do. William Pierce, Sydney, Australia, Bill, your discussion of Black Lives Matter was very good. It is flabbergasting that a Marxist outfit can send out more than 90 million propaganda emails. They got hundreds of millions of dollars. They can do whatever they want, William. Thanks for watching the show down under. Um, Laura, Bill, your comment 
that Peggy Noonan is exactly what I think she is when reading her column. Look, Ms. Noonan hates Donald Trump, but that doesn't give her the right to deny others due process. That was my point. Um, okay, I'm going to take a quick break and give you the final thought, which may scare you. Um, but before that, do not be fallow, F-A-L-L-O-W, in writing to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Did you know water heaters last about 10 years, refrigerators typically about 13? Every day in our homes, we rely on aging systems and appliances. I do. That means it's time to consider safeguarding your budget from unexpected expenses. American Home Shield has a solution. Pick a plan that's right for you. And when a covered item in your home breaks, contact their professionals to repair or replace it within the agreed-upon coverage limits. It's that easy to stay stress-free and limit budget-breaking surprises. Right now, take $50 off. Please go to ahs.com slash bill to save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash bill. $50 off any plan. American Home Shield Protect what you don't expect. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. Christmas shopping is going to be very difficult this year, particularly if you order on those catalogs from the net, because the products are going to be out, sold out. The ships are lined up in Long Beach and L.A. The cargo ships, container ships can't get in here. There's a shortage of everything. So if you're going to buy presents, buy them now. Now, BillOReilly.com, we're going to have premium memberships, concierge memberships. We're going to have stuff. And we'll be able to get that stuff because we already have it. We already have it. So we're your backup. But if you want to buy a nice present for somebody for Christmas, you got to get it now. Because if you wait till November, you're not going to get it. And I figured I'd bring that to you because nobody else will. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.